Hi, and welcome to the Wealthy Travel Agent Podcast, where our mission is to bring you inspiring messages from people just like you who are succeeding selling travel and to help you become the Wealthy Travel Agent. I'm your host, Dan Chappelle, the leading authority on selling and sales management in the travel industry and the author of the best-selling Amazon book, Get Your Ship Together, The Wealthy Travel Agent Guide to Sales. It's available internationally on Amazon and also for those of you who prefer audiobooks on audible.com. You can learn more about my sales and business development programs and how they can help you to become the wealthy travel agent at danchappelle.com. Today we welcome Sandra McLemore to the show. She is a driving force in marketing social media for the travel industry. Welcome to the show, Sandra. Yay! I feel like I should have bought a cheer crowd in the background. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, a lot of you may remember um, Sandra has been, uh, she's renamed her company, the, the Travel Marketing Media Group. It's formerly Village Girl Marketing. It's a marketing agency for travel brands that were specializing in uh, content creation and design and media out there. And uh, she's just a joy to work with. Many of you have, I'm sure, because she's trained over 12,000 travel agents have signed up and taken her online training programs and her digital marketing solutions. So again, welcome to the show, Sandra. I'm very honored and happy you're able to join us today. Thank you. It's so good to be here and it's good to be able to be in equally accomplished company. <laughs> well, I, I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but we're, we're so happy to have you with us here. Uh, you've got a lot going on in your business. I mean, you're touching a lot of places in the travel industry and uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and what your plans are for the future. Well, thank you. And I, I'm excited. I, the future of my business is super bright. I think to really understand what I'm doing now, it's important to tell you where I started. And I started in the travel industry at the time of recording this 21 and a half years ago. Um, so I started back in the late 90s and I was a travel, a travel advisor, travel agent myself, and I sold travel in a brick and mortar travel agency. Mm -hmm. So I worked for STA Travel and I was on campus at a university and I didn't have to worry about marketing. I didn't have to worry about who was going to walk through the door or trying to get clients through the door. And I think I probably took that for granted because if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have tried even harder. But I would literally sit behind a desk and I would see at least 15 travelers every single day and Dan they would book everything from flights to Japan rail passes ski packages Kentucky tours you name it they come in and book it and I'm talking about booking travel back when we would have to know our airport codes because to send a traveler to YTO or TYO was a big difference you know yeah. we used native saber back then so I sold travel um, I then was really lucky I had a very and continue to have a very well-rounded and fruitful career in the travel industry I moved into sales and marketing departments and some of the world's biggest travel brands, cruise lines, airline loyalty programs. And I think it will always be one of the highlights of my career is was that I was mentored by Anthony Bourdain. Wow. So I was really lucky to work on camera for Travel Channel and I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot of what not to do. We got kicked out of a lot of places. We traveled together. <laughs> <laughs> I learned about how not to act in public, um, but I also learned how to 
find the real story, how to listen to people. Yeah. And he was a brilliant storyteller. So I will always be grateful for that. I, I just listened to Kitchen Confidential a couple of weeks ago and he, he narrated it and it was incredible. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. To become a, to become a storyteller, teller as brilliant as he, and I think a lot of people would assume that to become a great storyteller, you have to have gone to a great university and taken a great storytelling course. Well, some people just have that innately built into them. And he always asked the right questions to get the right mm -hmm. answers. Um, so I then decided to work for myself because I really saw a gap in the travel industry and I wanted to help travel advisors, travel agents, travel professionals to really do well in their business. I remember when I first niched down into travel, before I did that, I had a business back then that would basically help anyone and everyone because I thought, well, my landlord doesn't discriminate. He wants his check at the end of every month. So I'm not going to either. I'll take my check from anyone. And I remember the day when someone said to me, you should really just serve travel people. Because at the time I had 18 years of travel industry experience. And they said, you know, the cruise line industry, you know, the airline industry, you know, marketing, you've sold travel, you know, media, you're on television. And I said, oh no, I would never do that. Why? Oh, I was so afraid, Dan. I was so afraid that if I had a smaller net that I would catch less fish. And now in hindsight, I, that was a silly limiting belief that I had. And I'm so glad because now I'm really, really happy. I have this amazing business and I help a lot of people. Yeah, it's, it is so important. And, and I teach this as well to, to you know, it's, it's better to go narrow and deep than it is, you know, wide and shallow. You've just, you're, you can only focus on so much. And I think it's, it's so important that you have that background of sitting on the front line and selling travel. So many people that have come into coaching and, and the marketing end of it uh, have not done that. They don't, they, they come in and they think they know the business and understand the business and understand what mm -hmm. that means to get out in there. And it winds up flopping because they just don't connect. And, and, the, and I find that just with our, our, my CPA, you know, they, cater to a lot of different businesses, but travel industry accounting is a very different thing because as far as when you recognize revenue and deposits and final payments and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's so important that you do have that, that strong background of sitting at the front desk, talking to the customer coming in, booking the vacation, qualifying, going through the whole process there. You've got a strong background in TV and marketing and, and mm. you you chose the travel industry, which is obviously because you know it and you know it well. What role does marketing play in its importance here in, in creating prospects for, for our, our listeners who are travel professionals all over the world? So marketing is super important. If you don't want to do marketing and you don't want to do sales, it's brother or sister, then you're not going to have clients to plan vacations for. It's super basic. It's as basic as that. You have to do marketing so that you attract people who you can potentially sell to. Uh, you can't do sales without marketing and you can't do marketing without sales. They are equally yoked and they both have a place in having a profitable business. And I think we, we have a tendency uh, just because there's so much noise out there about marketing, 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 that we forget that balance. So, and then, so, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about the fact that they rely on word of mouth or they rely on referrals. That's not marketing. And no. the problem with relying on word of mouth and referrals is that you have no control. Marketing and having a good marketing strategy gives you control. 
And isn't that what we all want of our business? We want to be able to control when the money comes in, how the money comes in, who we work with, what we do, because we don't love doing everything and we don't love working with everyone. A really solid marketing process or strategy or funnel is going to give you more control so that you can sell what you want to who you want. Yeah. Let me ask you this. If you, uh, if you had to do one thing, if I, I'm a, I'm a travel professional, I'm listening to this conversation and I'm uh, I've, you know, been through this whole COVID thing and it's, you know, it's business is, is not back yet where we don't know really what we're going to do. If, if you could only do one thing, what would that be right now? Ooh, that's a good question, Mr. Chappelle. Okay. So I would <laughs> just, to stop I, you here. <laughs> no, no, you know what? It's, it's, it is an easy question because it's what I need to do for my business, what I am doing for my business and what I have been doing. And it's what got my business to where it is. So it's what I'll keep doing. That is to develop a high converting marketing funnel. I'm going to be super clear. You need to have a three level funnel. The top of your funnel is how you attract people to you. It's how you get people to see you. They go from never having heard of you to knowing who you are. It's the brand awareness. It's the interest. The middle of your funnel is where you create relationships, authentic relationships with people. It's where you establish your credibility. You uh, provide inspiration, but it's really just a, it's like dating. It's the dating element. And then of course the bottom of funnel is where you using the preferred suppliers that you have, sell. And I kind of, I like to say, it's kind of like the matchmaking bit where you take your, your warm lead or your, your person that you already have a relationship with and you match them with the best travel opportunity, the best travel offer that you have from your suppliers. So if you don't have that marketing funnel, what it tells me is that you're living paycheck to paycheck because Mm -hmm. paycheck to paycheck, I can translate it into a different language, into travel language. It's called client to client. If you're living client to client in the travel industry, that means you're living paycheck to paycheck in your regular day-to-day life. Nobody likes to feel like that because when you live like that, you don't have a lot of options in life. I think the ideal scenario, and this applies to people who are struggling right now, travel professionals because of COVID, but it also applies to those who are just new to industry. I know you probably have a lot of listeners that are just, that were just starting out when COVID hit or are choosing to start out now. If you don't have a consistent stream of new people coming to your brand, then you don't have the possibility of a consistent stream of clients. And so, yeah, the answer to your question, hands Uh, down, marketing funnel. So let's talk about that for a minute, because I think, uh, you know, when most people think about the marketing, it's all about just, it's that top level. It's that they're like, okay, we just want to get the prospects in. And to kind of go into that relationship part you're talking about, uh, is that middle of the funnel. I think I, I, as you were describing that, that's where I think most people come in. They don't start at the top of the funnel and come down with it. They, they're starting in the middle. They th- and I think that's where social media, I think, is what they use to yeah, look, I actually, that step. No, you've hit something really strong there. I actually believe I estimate it to be in my experience with the 12,000 travel advisors that I've worked with. I estimate that 96% of travel advisors are actually trying to get in at the bottom of funnel. Oh, wow. They're trying to get in. And I'll tell you why. Maybe your listeners are going to resonate with this. And I want them to really think on this. Have you ever had somebody come to you and express interest in taking a vacation? And the first thing that you think about is what you can sell them. 
if you've been in that situation and you've gone straight for the proposal, if you've gone straight for, they say to you, Dan, I would love to go to Rome. I've never been to Rome and I would love to go. If your immediate response to that is either to tell them everything that you know about Rome, to tell them all of your favorite memories and experiences of Rome, or you think you're a shark and to do them a proposal of Rome right out the gate, that tells me that they have, those are three red flag behaviors that you're going straight to the bottom of funnel. And I can see why people do it. When you walk into a store, I go into a local Best Buy and the guy comes to me and he goes straight for the sale. He kind of can because I'm standing in his shop right by his register with a credit card in my hand. And I, listen, I don't go to Best Buy just to hang out. I go to Best Buy only if I need something. And I, I go to buy. Um, I think that I think that at least 96% of travel professionals go wrong. I think that they go straight for the bottom of funnel. But here's an interesting thought. What if every morning you woke up and your email list, your little address book that you own was 100 people bigger than when you went to sleep every single day? What if then you dated those people and you sent them fresh weekly content, quality content that inspired them, that showed them that you had authority, that showed them that you empathize. What if you were able to do that? Because here's the thing, when someone signs up for your email list, think about it. They're actively saying, Dan, I want you to send me something. I don't want you to spam me. I don't want you to share my information. I don't want you to send me junk. I don't want a messy inbox because of you, because Bet Your Bottom Dollar will break up really quickly if you do that. But they're ultimately saying when they sign up for your email is, Dan, I want to hear more about travel and I'm interested in you. But for some reason, we're so shy. We're, 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 we're shy to send emails because we think, oh, I don't want to bother people. I don't want them to unsubscribe. But what if you woke up every morning and you had an extra hundred people in your mailing list and then every week you sat down and you created your best content, your highest quality content, and you sent it out? And then what if people opened that content and they really liked it? See, what happens is people sit in that middle of the funnel and they bop around. And I get this question a lot. Well, when do they drop down to the bottom of funnel? As soon as they're ready to book a vacation, you are going to be the first person that they think of because they've been sitting around in the middle of your funnel. Now, listen, maybe they'll sit in that funnel for two weeks because they found you because they were looking to book. Maybe they just got back from a vacation and they found you, or maybe they're sitting in the middle of a pandemic and they're not going anywhere for 12 months. But as long as they're sitting in that middle of your funnel and you're marketing to them and you're building that relationship, when it comes time to do what you know so well and you teach so well to close the sale, it's so much easier. And so I think that if 96% if of these travel advisors who are doing it wrong, if they simply paused, climbed back up to the top of the funnel and said, what can I do to attract a consistent stream of the perfect kind of clients and then what can I do to date them in the middle, mm -hmm. they would find that they would close a heck of a lot more sales. Yeah, it's funny you bring up because that's I use that a similar analogy when I'm teaching. It's like, okay, so if you've ever been on match.com or any of these dating sites, I mean, mm -hmm. my our oldest daughter met her met her husband on, uh, I think it's Tinder. I think it was one of, one, of, one of these dating sites. Anyway, anyway. She's going to love you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 you know, it wasn't that she had a first, she swiped left, swipe right, whatever. But you choose for one reason. You come in, you're getting into the funnel. And it wasn't like on their first date, he asked her to marry him. 
You know, yeah, because that's creepy. That puts you on a blacklist. Exactly. And so the relationship, and that's where you're talking about bouncing around in that funnel, was the building mm-hmm. they built that relationship before, and then they dropped to the bottom of the funnel and got married. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a similar type thing. I think, you know, I think that's an analogy that might resonate with some folks because um, it's, it's a, it, it's a dating game. This is, a, yeah. this is a, and, and sometimes it goes a lot quicker. Sometimes it, sometimes it takes some time. So let me ask you this then along those same lines of that bouncing around in that funnel, when it comes to that, is it, you know, consistency or quantity? And when I say quantity, I mean, is it the amount of content that you're giving them? Like, are you, are you sending them a, a, an 800 word essay each time? Or mm-hmm. is it, are you, how, how, what, what would you choose if you is a marketing expert? What, what would yeah. you do? Well, I can't take credit for where I, where I formed my strong opinion on this and my, my, my practice on it. I have to give credit where credit's due. Amy Porterfield is my business mentor and I learned this from her and I have put this into practice over the last three years and I have seen my business thrive because of it. I honestly believe that content is king and consistency is queen. So I feel like they are a marriage and I feel like they both have an equally important role But if I had to pick one of them, I'm going to say the quality of your content. Because if I just didn't, well, let me back up by saying, I believe that you should be sending weekly content, a weekly email. I send an email to my audience every Sunday. Now, there have been a couple of times when I had my baby, when we were moving house, that one or two slipped through the cracks. Let me tell you, Jen, I had an inbox full of people complaining that I didn't send my weekly content. That is the ultimate goal. I'm sorry if my, if my audience who are listening were offended. I, I, I don't mean to say that I was happy that you were upset with me, but it really made me realize that weekly content is what people need from you. And remember, they signed up for it. But when you go to send that weekly content, if you're not getting amazing open rates on your email, and I'm talking, I get 65 to 85% open rates on all of my emails. If you're not getting amazing open rates, then it's probably the type of content that you were sending to people. People want great content and they also don't want you to take a lot of their time. One of the things that I do in my business and I encourage my my audience and my students to do is to keep their content brief, but quality. So all of the content that I send out is a maximum of three minutes to read it. And it says on there, it's a one minute read, a two minute read, or a three minute read. Dan, think about the recipes. When I see a recipe that's got a 45 minute prep time and a 90 minute cook time, I'll put that. Recipe. We're not having that for dinner. We're not eating that, Dan. We're not eating that. I want to see a recipe that's got a 10 minute prep time and a 20 minute cook time or, or less. And I really, truly believe that your audience, travel professionals, that their audience want the same thing. Because here's another th- way of looking at it. If you can't tell me in two or three minutes what you're trying to communicate to me, are you really the right person to book my vacation and take care of one of the biggest purchases that I make outside of a home mortgage payment or a car payment or a college, a college tuition. Travel is one of the biggest single ticket items that we pay for in our life. I'm a little concerned if you can't communicate with me your most important tips in two or three minutes. So I actually want to switch gears a little bit because you mentioned Amy, Amy Porterfield. Now you're obviously extremely successful in what you do, but you have your own business coach that mm-hmm. helps you and I do as well outside of that the quality of the content I love that analogy though uh, content is king uh, consistency is queen outside of that how, how has that coaching and the mentorship really benefited your business 
I think the first thing is it's made me, I had a tendency when I was a child, you might not believe this, I'm pretty sure you will, that I was a little bit of a know-it-all when I was a child and I couldn't tell. <laughs> no. And I remember my parents looking at me, even at the age of four, looking at me saying, child, you can't be told. And I have a little bit of that in me. So having a business coach is a really quick way to pull you down to earth mm. and to check you. I think that one of the biggest benefits is that I chose Amy. Amy is one of uh, three people that highly influence my business and the choices that I make. And Amy, um, for me, had the one thing that I think is most important when you're picking a coach. It's not even likability. Has that person been in the trenches ahead of you? Has that yeah. person done what you're asking them to help you with? Because if you're asking someone for directions and they have never been there before, that's a concern. So when I look at what Amy had to offer, Amy is incredible. She is a genius at email list building. The woman puts something on sale and she doesn't sell a couple of hundred dollars worth. She sells millions of dollars worth of product in a single launch. Wow. And I thought, okay, if I want my focus to be on my marketing funnel, attracting ideal clients to the top of my funnel, and I want my focus in my business to be on list building, choosing someone like her who has an equal focus, but like I said, importantly, has already done it. Mm -hmm that was important for me. And I think that that's been crucial. So it's the element of keeping me grounded, making sure that I, that I can be told and yeah. checking me, and then also showing me a clear path that they already carved out for themselves. Well, and, it, and it, that kind of goes back to where we started with this is yeah. your experience in the travel industry has been extremely beneficial so that you can, you can focus and on the, uh, you know, the really the true wants and needs and how to, because you, you've walked in the shoes, you've, you've yeah. lived the life before. So you really get that is. So let's, let's uh, talk a little bit more about marketing, but post COVID. So crystal ball, when, when's travel start back up? Look, some people, with the, except, with, with the exception of a level four travel advisory, people kept traveling through COVID. Uh, traveling is one of the oldest industries in the world. If you, back to caveman times, back to the Vikings, people did not stop traveling. It slowed down to almost a halt. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because people will always have the innate need to travel, whether it be to visit family, to stay connected with loved ones, to transact business. So what happened, I believe in COVID is that it didn't completely stop. It slowed right down to an almost halt. Now, the biggest area that affected was leisure travel because leisure travel was of course the one thing that people said, oh, I can do without that. I can stay in my home and I can do without that. So for me personally, I do believe that's going to be the, the slowest to rebound. So when it comes to rebounding, I think that the domestic market will rebound faster. Um, and I want to, I want to talk a little more on that uh, in a few minutes, but I think that luxury travel uh, will for be sure. the fastest to rebound. For sure. And it's as simple. I'll, I'll tell you why it's as simple as this. There are two types of travelers when it comes to money. There are the travelers that need to plan and save up for their vacation, Dan. And then there are the travelers who say, heck, let's get out of town. We're yeah. gonna go tomorrow. Those people, if they were not financially negatively impacted by COVID, they can do exactly that again. We know a lot of people in the film and television industry here in LA that have a lot of money and they are just waiting for travel, leisure travel to reopen and they were not negatively impacted even though their industry paused. And so I think that the leisure travel luxury will rebound first. I think that people will opt for some domestic destinations. I want travel professionals to 
be really careful though when it comes to changing up their business model. I've seen, it's the biggest mistake that I've seen travel advisors making. Uh, two mistakes that I think that travel advisors are making during COVID. One is the, if I can't see you, you can't see me issue of, I'm just gonna do nothing and I'm just gonna sit here. I know that people are listening to me right now, but imagine that I have my hands over my eyes. Travel advisors are doing the whole, if I can't see COVID, it can't see me. I'll just wait till the dust settles and then I'll go back to what I was doing before. That's never gonna happen because we're never going to go back to what we had before. It's going to be a new normal. So ignoring it and hoping it will fix itself is not good. Um, and then also completely changing up their business models. I'm seeing travel advisors doing really strange things and saying, you know what, I'm gonna focus all my energy on domestic travel. I used to be a river cruise specialist in Europe, or I used to be a luxury European FIT advisor. So I think that when I, I know it's a little confusing because I said, I think that domestic will make a comeback quickly. Only my advice is to only use domestic to pacify the needs of your advice of your clients who want an immediate getaway that can't leave the country, but keep marketing for your international. It's vacation. more of a tactical thing than it is. And it kind of gets into the next question I have is about, you know, what, what should we be doing tactically and strategically? Yeah. Right now, uh, domestically is pretty much what your option is. So you hop on a plane and fly across country, or you hop in your motorhome and go somewhere, or you, you go to a national park and go get whatever that looks like. And there are, yeah. there are ways to earn money doing domestic travel. We think automatically it's international. But you can do that on a tactical basis to get yourself through from a cash flow standpoint. But don't lose sight of, you know, if you're, as you said, if you're a river cruise specialist, I think that's probably going to open up quicker than a lot of other areas are. Yeah. And that's an opportunity. And, and I think Zama Waterways is, is pretty much booked up for their 21 and season and yeah open. absolutely they're um they're a great partner of travel marketing and media and they very quickly sold out of their spring 2021 and started deployment for 2022 because the travel advisors that sell them still have their eye on the price i just thought of a really great analogy this is uh, if you pivot to domestic travel right now you're acting from a place of fear and you're turning your full restaurant into curbside pickup only yeah, you can't that's speak. actually, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. I thought you'd like that. We both like food, you and I, so I thought you'd like that. So I really believe like offer your curbside pickup. Restaurants have had to do that, right? They've had to offer curbside pickup, but guess what? They're not planning to change their whole business model to curbside only. Right. They intend to open their restaurant doors and have a full restaurant when possible. Right now, the curbside pickup, it really just helps people who are hungry and need to eat. So help those who are thirsty to travel or hungry to travel send them on that domestic vacation, but don't change your entire business model. Keep selling your river cruises, keep selling your luxury ocean cruise lines, keep selling all of the things that you originally wanted to sell because people do want to travel. They're just waiting for the right time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and that time will be, will come mm. and, you know, just put your patient's hat on and, and just wait it out because it'll, it will come. So I, I mentioned the patient's hat there. Let's, let's talk hats for a second here. Mm -hmm. Tell us more about what you do and how your services, because we talked, yeah, you're a partner with AMA, but what can you do for the travel agency or the frontline independent contractor to help them take that marketing hat off and focus on what, they should, what they're best at, and that's actually focusing on selling, the, selling trips to, to their customers? So we help travel advisors or people who sell travel with only one thing, 
We keep it really simple. <laughs> we're, we're like the restaurant that only does eggs. We only do one thing. <laughs> we help travel advisors or travel professionals get and keep a consistent stream of new clients. We talked about the marketing funnel. We help you to put a marketing funnel in place. So if you're still, if you still have a visual of, <clears throat> of the funnels aisle at Lowe's or Home Depot, we're going to help you to switch that, that visual that you have out into an upside down triangle where we're going to help you to set up that lead magnet at the top. Don't know what a lead magnet is? We'll help you with that too. Yeah. We'll help you to attract the right people that you want to sell travel to. We help you to put the processes in place to set up the systems. We basically take everything that would usually give you tech trauma and hold your hand through it because it's really overwhelming when you look from the outside, especially if you came into the travel industry and you, you didn't come with an MBA in business or a digital marketing degree or a sales background or a business background. Let's keep it a hundred, Dan. The majority of travel agents fell into the travel industry because they love travel or they love helping people. Exactly. Chances are you didn't come in with business and sales background or marketing background. So that's what my company does. We essentially help people to set up the marketing systems and processes so that you have that business that I've created for myself. The same way that I watch Amy Porterfield go through her business and I literally follow in her trenches. I do the same with my clients. I say here, I've dug a trench follow me and I will help you to put in place that marketing funnel. I think it's really critical what happened during the pandemic. It kind of has already happened to the travel industry before. For those of you who have been in it long enough, I know you and I both have. As young as you are, I know that you remember 9-11. <laughs> You're too young to remember the Gulf War, that I'm sure of. But we've, we've, had, we've had these situations before where travel came to an almost halt and it will happen again. So having these marketing processes and systems in place means that the next time that the travel industry pauses or comes to a close halt, your business can be future-proofed, but it's not going to be unless you take the action now. So let's, let's wrap it up here. I got a couple, two more questions that I ask every guest on the show. What are three things that you wish you knew before you started your travel or your, your, your business, your marketing business, what, what are three things you know, you wish you knew then that you know now about the business? Well, I think that my clients will be able to tell you these themselves because they're things that I now help them to learn. And the first one would be email list building. I didn't know that it was more important to build relationships with your email list than it was to collect followers on social media. I got caught up in the frenzy of having followers mm -hmm. that I didn't figure out how to convert them. And I have a huge amount of regret because I had at the peak of my, not the peak of, but at when I was on Travel Channel, I had 30,000 followers on Twitter. I had tens of thousands on the various social platforms and I was so focused on getting likes and comments and collecting followers instead of converting them. So I wish that I'd have known about list building. Thank you, Amy Porterfield. I do now. The second thing that I wish that I had a better uh, knowledge of back then was how to communicate my message, copywriting and communicating my message. So I um, I told you that three people influenced me. One of them is Amy Porterfield. The second one is Donald Miller, the author of StoryBrand. Right. Yep. And I thought that I was a good copywriter. 
until I listened to his audiobook. Uh, that's my recommendation of the year, the story brand by Donald Miller. And I thought that I was good until I listened to that. And then I realized I was rubbish. And if you listen to it, be sure and download the PDF with the, the, that comes with it, because that's important to, to map things. Yes. Out, right? Good, good well. tip. Good pro tip. <laughs> and so not only did I listen to his audible, but I also went to Nashville and I took the VIP course oh, wow. and cool. had lunch with him. Yeah. And then I got one-on-one -on -one advice from him. And I will tell you that when I took that, course, I came home, I rewrote my entire website of copy. I learned that commas are not my friend. I learned that I was too jargon heavy, industry heavy in my content. And my copywriting now is stellar, award-winning, money-making copy. So I wish that the second thing that I had have known back then that I know now is the importance of clear messaging. Uh, in the words of Donald Miller, there is only ever clarity or confusion and people only buy when they have clarity. And I think that I operated for many years assuming that my audience understood and had clarity. I can tell you how I know this to be true now. The minute that I gave them clarity, my sales tripled. Yeah. So that's the second thing. And the third thing, I guess we briefly touched on before, I wish, and this is my biggest piece of, if people only remember one thing we talked about today, it would be, I would want this to be it. Always check who you are letting influence you. So if you're asking neighbors and friends and cousins about their opinions on your website, ask yourself, where are their opinions coming from? How educated are they in travel marketing? What do they know about consumer behavior, about website analytics? If you're taking courses or buying content or coaching from industry experts, quotation, industry experts, quotation, ask yourself, have they ever sold travel before? Where, uh, are they recognized by the industry as a leader? Do they have a successful business themselves or did they just pop up out of nowhere? I want that to be the biggest takeaway from, from your, for your listeners today is to really check yourself because the company that you keep has a huge impact on the success of your business. If you find yourself consistently in chat chains and threads and um, always on Facebook and social and talking about people. And they're all red flags to me that perhaps that you're not focused. And so I wish that that would have been the third thing, because if I'd have discovered the Donald Millers and the Amy Porterfields, and I'd have discovered those people earlier, and I'd have closed off the chatty mouthy opinions around me in the industry, I would have done better a lot faster. I guess the moral of the story of this is, you know, be careful, vet out who you're who you're looking for, for support or coaching or, 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 you know, handling your social media for you or anything, you make sure you're working with industry leader. If you want to be an industry leader, you work with people who are industry leaders. Right. All right. This has been absolutely fantastic. The final question. Final yes. question. Yes. I'm going for the million dollars. Million dollars here. <laughs> what is your definition of the wealthy travel agent? Oh, Oh, I don't know if anyone has given you this definition before, but this is what I believe a wealthy travel agent to be. Somebody who has a wildly profitable business that brings them joy. 
And joy is defined as the ability to be able to have options to do the things that they care the most about for the yeah. people that they love. So it might be that you have an, a, a family member who needs you to help them out. It might be that you are able to eliminate your debt. It might mean that you can send your kid to college and not worry that they're going to be stuck in a student loan. It might be that you got for the first time in your life to buy a car that somebody else didn't own before you. So whatever that metric is that brings you joy, I think a wealthy travel agent is somebody who has a wildly profitable business that allows them to be able to make those choices and the second part part b to that is somebody who can then invest in their business to continue growing it so when 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 you're faced with the option of being able to run facebook ads that you can afford to run facebook ads when you're given the option to go to a conference to hear the speaker of your dreams that you can do that so to me one of them is material and the other one is heartfelt so tell us how can people if they're interested in working with you how can they reach out to you what's the best way to contact you I think the best thing that they can do, well, you can follow me on social media, on Instagram, um, travel marketing media, but here is the best thing that I can do for you. Go over and take my quiz, go to travel marketing and media.com slash quiz. And I have a 15 question, multiple choice. There are no wrong answers quiz that can diagnose your business and tell you exactly what you as an individual should be focused on in your travel business right now. Because what Dan should be focused on in his business is different to Aaron, which is different to Bob, Dick and Harry. So if you really feel stuck, you feel like you can't move forward, go take the quiz. It will tell you exactly what you should be focused on. That's fantastic. Well, again, Sandra, thank you so much for, for your time today. It has been absolutely enlightening and a joy to, uh, to visit with you. It always is. It's such a high energy and, oh man, I, I, I love chatting with you. So folks, uh, thank you again for joining us today on the Wealthy Travel Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Chappelle. I want to thank Sandra McLemore for joining us and let's get out there and make some money, folks. <laughs>